To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Dean Lonigan is one of our most iconic and successful event promoters. Former rugby league player, of course, with the Kiwis. He's brought to fruition some truly superstar events, including Jeff Horn and Manny Pacquiao, David Tour and Shane Cameron. Gosh, remember that? Yeah. The anticipation around that mm-hmm. fight. Mm-hmm. That was all Dean Lonigan. Anyway, he's now making waves across the ditch with his son Liam, promoting some of the biggest boxing fights in Australasia, and he's working on bringing back the hugely popular Fight for Life events. It's a great pleasure to welcome Dean Lonigan on the show for Six and a Song. Hello, Dean. Hey, Dean. Gentlemen, how are we? I'm only bringing it back, Simon, if you're going to participate. I know James is way too old and <laughs> now. Mate, you're still young enough to get in there. And I've been told you've been telling bloody fibs about what's been going on because apparently in promos, you have said that I asked you to fight Brendan Tudor. Yes. I would never put you in with the baby face assassin because you're way too soft. You need a Steve MacGyver which would be more your cup of tea. <laughs> Even he might be a bit tough for me. <laughs> hey, so, Dean, we're going to get on to Fight for Life in a moment, but how much goes into a fight like, you know, Horn and Pacquiao or Tour and Cameron? I mean, w- 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 how do you bring those together? Well, probably the biggest fight that I've ever done was that was Cameron, sorry, uh, was Tour, uh, sorry, Pacquiao yeah. and mm. Jeff Horn. Mm. We had 51,000 people uh, go through the gates at Suncorp Stadium. It's one, it's one of, it's probably the most iconic boxing event yeah. in Australasia. Um, and that was the hardest thing was that with that was getting the government deal done, which was made for a huge amount of money. Unfortunately, the people I had in place who were doing it couldn't get it done, and I had to step in at the last sort of two or three weeks out. And we're talking a lot of money. It was well into the seven figures. The deal hadn't been done. And um, we were ha- having to negotiate between lawyers in Brisbane, New Zealand, and, and the UK with, uh, with underwriters. And mm-hmm. that was the hardest part of that deal because about two weeks out, I'm waiting on you know, anywhere from close to $5 million to come, to come out of the sponsorship agreement, and it still wasn't done. And, mate, I'm throwing up at night thinking about how this is not going to get done, and I'm going broke. <laughs> Fortunately, we got it done. And... Um, Mate, events are one of those things. You basically got a tick sheet, and whether you're doing an event for five hundred, for five thousand, or fifty thousand, there's a huge amount of work has to go in, and mm. you just got to be organised, and uh, as much as possible, you know, like it's the old swan on top of the lake or the duck on top of the lake. On the surface, it looks like you're cruising along, going nicely, but underneath, you're going a thousand miles an hour trying to keep things going. Yeah, you must have met some pretty interesting characters over your time in pr- promoting events. Some unbelievable characters. You know, everyone from Paul Gallon, who was the most misunderstood athlete I've ever worked with. He'd be the hardest working guy uh, I've ever had the pleasure of dealing with. He's incredible in the media, a great family man. Through to Manny Pacquiao would be, without doubt, the most generous man I've ever met in my life. Mm. Um, Virgin on madness. Mm. When Manny came to fight in Australia, in Brisbane, he brought, for his friends and family and everybody else, $800,000 $800,000 worth of tickets. I have never seen anything like it. What, he and paid he for them himself? Plane. Yes, because the fighters only get a certain allocation, so that's what he had to pay for on top of. As he got off the plane, I was instructed to give him out of his purse a quarter of a million dollars, which was all in cash and nanny money, which he basically <laughs> gave out to all of his friends and family and supporters, and he put up about 200 people in the local hotel. It was, I've never seen anything like it. So many. Yeah. 
and a fascinating character and incredibly generous. The other one probably really stands out from a boxing point of view would be Bob Arum. Bob is oh, now yeah. 91, 92 years of age and still working in the game of boxing. He runs a company called Top Rank. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to go to Bob's house uh, for dinner. And at the dinner, we had the, uh, the premier of Queensland. We had uh, Bob Shapiro was sitting to my right. Uh, he was the lead lawyer in the O.J. Simpson case. Yeah. Across, mm. the, 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 across the table was uh, the number one NFL caller. Uh, on my left was a lady who sold, this was fascinating, they <laughs> sold um, 20th Century Fox, her and her husband sold 20th Century Fox to Rupert Murdoch, yeah. and then right over in the far part of the corner was Bette Midler. Oh and my um, gosh. it was my son's birthday that night, and Bette Midler along with the whole table said happy birthday to him. What so, a great well, collection of people, that's a wonderful story. Yeah. Well, the great, the great disappointment for me that night was is that Bob Arum is great mates with Henry Winkler, and I thought the Fonz was going to turn up, and I was mildly disappointed. <laughs> hey, Dean, you've worked with Joseph Parker, worked closely with Joseph Parker. Can he actually become the heavyweight champion of the world? Because for Again. some, because some, for some reason, he gets a lot of hate, doesn't he? I think. Look, I think he can. It all comes down to who is the heavyweight champ when he gets a shot. Like it turns out that him and Tyson Fury, who in my opinion is the greatest heavyweight we've seen since Muhammad Ali, really, um, is it, him and Joe are great mates from what it turns out, and they'll never fight each other. So if Tyson becomes the undisputed champion, it's going to be hard for Joe to get there. But you know, in Joe's last fight against Derek Chisora, I thought he was outstanding. Yeah. He had an extra weight, he was hitting a lot harder, had a lot of energy. Um, and on that performance, he can go all the way again. And he needs to be able to get in the ring with somebody like an Alexander Ursek, who's the uh, he's, he, I think he's the BO, the BA, and the IBF champion at the moment. Mm. And if he was to get in with him, and he'd have to win a couple of fights to get there, well, mate, I think he'd be a real chance. Why do you say Tyson Fury's the yes. best you've ever seen since? Because yeah. he, he looks to me like a sloth, but then I'm not an expert, clearly. But And he's a massively popular guy. Why is he so good in your view? Why wouldn't you be jumping up and down, uh, Simon, saying people with bad bods can be the heavyweight champion of the world? <laughs> but you obviously rate him as a pugilist. He's got, has he got technique? I thought he didn't sort of... Why do you think he's so good? He is at six foot nine. Uh, he's incredibly skilled. He's fast with his hands. He's got great fast movement. He's, he, he punches, mate, he plays to a strength. He punches at, at distance because he's got those massively long arms. Mm. He's just been in three fights with Deontay Wilder, who's one of the hardest punches of all times, uh, and managed to beat him. I think he, he drew on one occasion and beat him on twice. Mm. Mm. I don't think there's anybody can come close to how good he is in the ring. And I can promise you this, there is nobody outside of the ring who is good as him since Muhammad Ali because... This guy is the greatest promoter of boxing I've ever seen, and I'd love to work with him. Yeah, I yeah, you're, yeah. You're right with that. Hey, uh, you mentioned Paul Gallen before. Who would win a fight between him and Sonny Bill Williams? Oh, it's a one way one way street. Sonny Bill Williams is a, seems to be an incredibly nice bloke. He's an incredible athlete across you know, now three codes, including boxing. But I think he got dropped in his last fight. He had a warm up fight up in Townsville not so long ago. I think at the moment, Paul Gallen would win that fight and win it easily. But, you know, Sonny Bill Williams right now is training with uh, David Nika, Joseph Parker and Tyson Fury up at a place called Morecambe, where at least if he's not doing it now, he was. Wow. So he's getting in the best possible shape he can. Um, so, you know, I think he'd have a chance. But to be fair, I think Paul Gallen would be way too strong. We're joined by Dean Lonegan for Six and a Song. Thank you again, mate, for, for having some time. We really appreciate it. 
be nice, Simon. You've got to stop sucking up to people like you do. <laughs> Thank you for your support, Dean. Yes. It, it drives me mad listening to that. I've got to tell you, that side of that, you're not a bad bloke. And I know you can't help yourself, but seriously. Harden up, bro. Get me Brendan Tutor. Hey, Dean, so Fight for Life, where are you at with it? Uh, I had this down for probably in December to start with. Of course, with uh, the lockdowns that we had in New Zealand, we pushed it out to uh, late March. Mm. With the way the Omicron's going to pass over New Zealand, I'm thinking it's going to be a four-month cycle, two months to sell the event. So we're going to push it all the way back into late. I think we'll be safe to go by then. By late July. And I tell you what, we have got some massive names signed up for this thing. Can you say any? Do it on behalf of I, I Am Hope, Mike King's charity. Yes, yeah, nice. And looking forward to delivering him some money for that. Do you, can you tell us any names you've got signed up, or is that sort of still confidential? Important two people or three people I've got signed up are my good mates at Burger King. We've also, we've also <laughs> got build people on board. who is our, another sponsor, and of course, our, my good mate, Leo Malloy at headquarters down in the Viaduct. So how's that? <laughs> well, it's pretty average, if I'm honest, Dean, but still. But still. Uh, there are a few people who want to fight Leo Malloy, apparently. But uh, we'll go to the uh, quickfire questions now, Dean. So uh, to kick off, what are you afraid of? Just me. That's a very good question. Um, I've got to be honest. The way my fat guts is going, probably a heart attack in the next six months. So I've got to get that sorted. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> Who's the hardest hitter in rugby league? Or, or, or forever been? Who, who was it? We've just got a bad line there. I can only assume you're talking about maybe currently or whoever. But the guy I got hit hardest by the most, or the guy I got hit by hardest hit. A guy called Dan Staines played for Australia in Cronulla. Yeah. We played a game against him and um young fella went charging up and thought I'd run right over him. He knocked me back into six Christmases before. <laughs> it was uh, quite frightening, to be bluntly honest. So uh, I'd have to go with Dan Staines. Was that the where you were sort of did the, what they called the Lonigan Shuffle? A bit of a dead ant on no, the ground there? No, no. Carry on. That was a different event. That yeah. was a different event. That was uh, against Steve Roach. and uh, We'd played in a, a pre-season game against Belmain and I'd ended up in a bit of a punch-up with Roachie and I, I, I planted one on his nose and his nose exploded and I thought, I'm going to get you when it comes to test match time if we both get selected. So come test match in Melbourne, he charges up, I charge him and I put my head in the wrong place and I ended up on the field and, and Steve ended up with about 20 stitches in his head. But uh, every now and then I see him and he, he always he's always polite and nice. Oh, lovely, lovely. What advice would you give to your 15-year-old self? Stay out of McDonald's and get into Burger King. The burgers are bigger and better. <laughs> Very good. Can't beat it. And finally, Dean, I mean, you've obviously had some amazing dinner parties, but if you could invite any three people to dinner right here, right now, who would you invite? Answers to this. Because obviously, I, I've come back to New Zealand because I miss family. To beat mum, dad and Liam and throw my sister in there to sit around a table, table and have a chat. But right now... A very interesting dinner party of those who are currently alive. And Joni, uh, Joni Mitchell, they're at war at the moment at Spotify, so that'd be quite interesting. Joe Rogan here. Yeah. Think of anyone, anyone in the entire world. Days gone by. Ali, and maybe just to make it interesting, Genghis Khan. <laughs> oh, shit, that's, that'd be some yeah. kind of dinner party. Yeah, man. Dean, we've loved chatting with you, mate. Last uh, thing we have to do is get your song choice, please. 
Well, it's a little bit left of centre, but one that I do love, and I can't remember the movie it turns up in, but it's fantastically the way they connect the uh, the vision to the song, and it's uh, Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf. Oh, great choice, mate. All Easy the rider. very best for Fight for Life, and really appreciate your time.